Africa that they were taught to pack the coffin. It's not morbid. It's not no more morbid than sowing a seed. Later, Charlie. Holiday season. No, not holiday season. Holidays. Holidays, a few of us, had time off at least. Been places, exotic or otherwise. Stayed at home at places, exotic or otherwise. Had bikes nicked or otherwise. I, take a, I know a few of us have been away on a holiday. Anybody been camping this year? Oh, wow. Salutations. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether, whether to commend your bravery or pray for you later. I did that. I've got a little bit of experience of, um, of camping, usually not voluntarily. Well, really. I mean, I was in the army for three years, and you couldn't help it. The, re- the reason I wet shave is because you can't plug an electric, fu- an electric razor into a tree. It doesn't work. And various other things, like um, kind of crossing the Sahara the kind of camping, even if it was in, in the lee of a Volkswagen van. Things like the, the holidays I've been on the previous two years that I might have been on this year, but didn't quite work out. The new wine conference, that was, that was an experience in camping. That got better until it didn't. <laughs> and lots of other things. And there are things that I've observed, and you probably experienced if you've ever done any camping. There are factors in it. This whole thing of sharing a tent with anyone, strangers or otherwise. This whole thing of having to put up with other people's smells. Snores. Stumbling around. Sneaking out in the night. Question. How would you like to go camping with God. Psalm 15. I am rumbling, aren't I? Psalm 15, a psalm of David. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money, put his mon- out his money at interest, and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Bless your word to us, Lord. Now, frequently asked questions. We had a slot for four frequently asked questions, but only two questions were frequently asked to be asked here. So, I had to go back in the files about three and a half thousand years and find one that David asked. O oh Lord, who shall, do, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell in your tent? 
who shall be in your presence. I asked, how would you like to go camping with God? I listed a few complaints, a few of the things, a few of the little life relational hazards that can happen when you're camping with someone else. How would you like to go camping with God? Who gets to complain about nuisances then in the presence of God? Who gets to whinge? We whinge at God sometimes, I think. I do. We try to improve our relationship by whinging at God. Because we are not perfect. This has been said before. God made us in his image. We know that from the beginning of Genesis. Practically the first thing he says in Genesis. God made man in his image and woman. Never mind. I mean, <laughs> God made man in his image. And we would love to return the favor. We'd love to make him in ours. We'd love to mold a God in our image. That's why we get idolatry, whether it's a clay put in a corner of a front yard in Nigeria or a good speaker system or a car. We wind up as we try to make this God in our image, wearing our Christian identity like a fake Rolex, like one I got last year from someone, a friend of mine. Only good fake. If you want to know how to get, if you want to know how, how to get a fake Rolex in good faith, you should have been here last year. God's tent. Who gets, to, who gets into God's tent then? Who could put up with being in God's tent? Who gets into God's tent? Who gets to stand in his presence? Some of the translations of this verse talk about standing in, this, in, in that place. Who gets to stand in the presence of God? When everything within us, because he's holy and because he's God and we're not, when everything within us screams duck, how do we get to stand in his presence? Supplementary question, who are you? Now, in the Bible, in the Old Testament in particular, names have meanings. Names define people. Names characterize people. Um, Jacob, the twister. Jacob, the, sw- the situational engineer, the, the fraud, the manipulator. Years and 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 years ago, I was delivered. I was pointed to a text in First Chronicles, which we're not going to go to, about a bloke called Jabez. I was in college at the time, and I needed some good sermon material, so I found this one verse in the middle of this list that worked, and knocked up a wonderful 45-minute sermon for it, which I preached once or twice. And then I thought maybe that's my spring harvest sermon. Never happened. Some other clown wrote a book about it, and you know. <laughs> There we go. Stormy thunder. Jacob and Jabez, all sorts of others. Names have meaning. 
names have meaning nowadays, sentimental or sometimes deliberate. I, I, I have a daughter named Sophie and a son named Joshua, Josh. Sophie, I knew Sophie. I would have called her Sophia if I'd got, if I'd got, if I'd got to the birth certificate, then we could have kind of made, shortened it as necessary, made it more casual as necessary. Sophie means wisdom. Sophia means wisdom. That's why I wanted to have that name. Joshua is a bit more selfish. Joshua was the bloke who got to lead the children of Israel where Moses couldn't get to. And I, want, I wanted, I still want my son to get to places I'll never get to in whatever realm. Traveling, spiritually. He's got some ways to go. Keep praying for my kids, please. Psalm 139 is all about how God knows us. He knows how you're made. He knows where you, li- how you, where you lie down. He knows when you wake up. He knows all about you. Folks, you are busted, but he loves you. He's got you. David? Sorry about that, folks. Situations are going on. He knows what to call you. God, being God, can speak the truth in love. Even if he sounds like a polite bouncer as he bars you, as he chucks you out, as he excludes you. This um, word that's used in here, for dwell or abide, or sojourn, who shall dwell in your holy hill? comes from the same root as the word Shekinah, the presence of God, the Shekinah glory, just incidentally. So who gets in? Verse 2. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. He who is righteous, really. He who is blameless. Inactive in evil. In his heart. That's A. B. He was righteous. Not just inactive in evil, but proactive in good. Doing things. Serving God deliberately. Now, A. Blameless. B. Righteous. A. Inactive in evil. B. Proactive in good. A without B, being inactive in evil, without being proactive in good, is an unhealthy kind of a combination that I'm quite prone to. Because you're just there. You're not bearing fruit. Um, It's like the parable uh, that, that Jesus told of the talents, or the parable in particular of the buried talent, the one that didn't get used, the one that didn't get invested, the one that didn't get lived through and brought out to create more talents, to draw more talents in. Also speak. Another characteristic of the person who gets in is the one who speaks the truth from their heart. Ephesians 4.15 says, and I've quoted it already, counsels us to speak the truth in love. 
heart transformed in its passions, I know the scripture says, you shall love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all right. We can bear with that. That's okay. Moments of prayer, folks. Father, we thank you that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that you rule, and that you reign, and that you're merciful, and that you're powerful, and that you're able to change lives. Thank you that you're just God and a merciful God. And I pray you'd express that, Lord, in this situation that, that we face. In the name of Jesus. And now we have an illustration. The kind of people that God allows in his presence speak the truth from their heart in love. In love. It's a heart that's transformed in its passions, in its feelings, because of being submitted to God, because of being surrendered to God. One of the first commandments, you shall love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. One of the verses in Proverbs that some of us hear and quote quite a lot, out of the heart the mouth speaks. Verse 3. Who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. No slander. You can describe me. I mean, you know, I know you're all better than this because I know you all. If I'm talking about you, if you're talking about me, to me or about me, or to a person or about a person, if you're talking about me, describe me, not the person you need me to be to excuse your own behavior. I'm saying that not critically of anyone here. I'm I'm stating that and trying to teach that as a principle. Judges 6, 11, and 12. Gideon. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in opera that belonged to Joash, and his son, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. He is providing for himself while he's hiding from the oppressor. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior is hid under a table in a corner. I'm assuming this angel was not English, so it didn't do irony. And the Lord is with you, mighty. This man was speak. This angel speaking in the name of God, so he meant what he said. But if he wasn't describing him, then he must have been in the name of Jesus, creating him. You're a new creation. And one of the things that we need to do with with Scripture is allow it 
to be an agent of, agent of that recreation in our lives, that, that, re, that rest, that recreation, that changing. And as we speak, speak the word of God, we speak good into people's lives, and perhaps we release it, perhaps we create it. 15 and verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. This is just a simple verse about integrity. But the thing is, with a verse of scripture like that, hate the sin and love the sinner. Hate what's going wrong with people around you. Love the people. That's what we're called to. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're empowered to do. That's what this whole, largely what this whole business of welcoming the Holy Spirit into our lives is about. speaks of relational integrity by the way talking about relational integrity talking about people being committed to each other I'm so grateful for the way everyone in this church steps up and serves especially with the way we've got to do the setup and everything especially with the way they've got to repair things after I've been playing with them is that band still on? Yeah, it is isn't it yeah sorry Yeah, verse 5 is another part of that detail. He doesn't put, put out his money interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. Financial integrity. We could have done with, as a nation, we could have done with that about six or seven years ago. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Sin doesn't. Satan and his servants want to be godlike in power, want to be important. Want to have control. The Spirit of God in the believer calls us to be godlike in keeping our word, keeping our promises. God is faithful to keep his promises. God is so faithful to keep the, his Old Testament promises of salvation that he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you and I could enjoy it with him. Must be about half eleven, is it? Yep, I was right. <clears throat> so, in my own ever so slightly godlike way, I've set you an impossible standard. Nobody does this, do they? I don't. Yeah? Even on a Sunday when everyone's looking. It'll wear me out. He does, who does these things shall never be moved. Everybody fails. The Bible says in Romans, all have sinned. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. We've all offended God. Everyone except Jesus. Now, the major term in the New Testament, to, the major kind of tag, technical term for a believer, for a Christian in the New Testament, is to describe them as being in Christ. You, the believer, are in Christ like Noah and his family were in the ark, protected, secure, safe. And in Christ, we get to be in the tent, in the tabernacle. 
in Christ, we get into the shelter. In Christ, we get in with the prodigal father. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, we have comfort. In the name of Jesus, we have security. In the name of Jesus, we have love. God is love. Final verse, John 14. Final little passage. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. I'll do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Can we have? I'll tell you what, I'll read, I'll read the rest of it. We just do these things to make, to make it interesting, you know. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is the ESV, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I, have been, that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. I think it's fascinating just by the way. That it's almost like looking at this. That Jesus has to get out of the way. So the Holy Spirit can do his thing. That's a little theological conundrum. That you can work out on your own time. And this is the point. Jesus said. and we t- I mentioned in the name of Jesus. Greater works than these, than, than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. We're accepted in the Beloved. We're accepted. We've got to pass into the tent. We've got to pass into the tabernacle by the blood of Jesus. And it's for our good. It's for our eternal good, as you know. I don't think there's anybody here, I'm not reminding of things that they don't already know, but I hope that the Holy Spirit is using me to stir up your minds, your minds by way of remembrance. All this is good. And all this is for his glory. All this is so the Heavenly Father can father his kids and together as a family we can see his kingdom come. Amen. Thanks, guys.